You are listening to The Real Men Feel Show with Andy Grant. Real Men Feel encourages men to allow and express all of their emotions. Despite what you may have been taught, all emotions do serve you. Real Men Feel is committed to engaging in discussions that most men aren't having, but you don't need to be a man to join us. The Real Men Feel Show is produced weekly for your growth and enjoyment. Listen to us on podcast platforms including iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and many more. You can also watch the show on YouTube by visiting realmenfeel.org slash YouTube. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or subscribe on iTunes by visiting realmenfeel.org slash iTunes. You can follow us on Twitter at realmenfeel.org and at facebook.com slash realmenfeelshow. Your reviews, comments, feedback, and participation are welcome during the live show and anytime in our Facebook group, on Twitter, or at realmenfeel.org. Now, let's get into this week's show. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Real Men Feel. This is your host, Andy Grant, and the Real Men Feel horn has been summoned once again. We had to blow it. I, I need to get a horn. All I've, all I've got is... Easy that button. was easy. Yeah, it was easy. But I, I easily summoned the bravest of men and women because a discussion is needed. Social media has been blowing up with the release of the Gillette ad, although it's not really an ad. They made, they made a short film, they're calling it, I believe, um, The Best Men Can Be. And I've seen comments, uh, people supporting it, people thinking it's wonderful, and people just being somehow uh, offended and horrified and feeling attacked as men because of this ad. I've seen lots of text messages and social media going bananas, but I wanted to have an actual conversation. People talking to each other. I don't find anyone's ever convinced of anything because of message room chats or Facebook posts or memes. So it, when the video first came out, I didn't even bother watching it. I, I saw the headline and my first reaction was, oh great, some company is trying to hop on some social change. Um, I didn't think much of it. Then I started seeing comments of, they're attacking men, they're attacking masculinity. I'm like, what the hell's going on? And so I actually watched it. And on my first listen, I thought it said, you know, bullying, harassment, me too, masculinity. And I was like, oh my God, it really is attacking masculinity. On second listen, I realized, oh, that the audio edit, it is saying toxic masculinity, but I thought it was kind of hidden in there. Um, but regardless, watching it, you know, it's, 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 the ad is saying, is this the best man can get? You know, harassing, bullying, is that the best man can be? So, I, you know, I didn't see what was offensive about that. It goes on to have Terry Crews testifying before Congress, saying men need to hold other men accountable. Again, we're being kind of called to arms. I, I didn't see a problem with that. The ad goes on to say that um, we can choose to be better, to do good. It, and it, it's only, it, the ad ends with, it is only by challenging ourselves to do more that we get closer to our best. And I'm just stumped at how the hell people can be upset, opposed to, offended by that. And is it because it's an ad? Is it because there's a big corporation behind this? Um, but, but at this point, after all kind of the, the vitriol over this, honestly, all I can say is, what the fuck? Um, so instead of me just saying that, I've invited a group of people here, got a lot of past guests of Real Men Feel, and I'm gonna now open it up. We're gonna see everybody, we're gonna unmute everybody. And whoever wants to jump in first, what, what, I want, asking for the first reactions to the Gillette ad. Oh my God, I think everybody wants to jump in here first. <laughs> you just did. Tell me. The first, the first thing I got to say here is we all need to take a step back and look at this and re recognize it for what it is. This, is. this is not corporate activism. This is a corporation who hired an ad agency to get their name in your head. 
for people who are not familiar with the old slogan, the best a man can get, they all, you know, the younger crowd know, the only Gillette they know is Penn and Teller. Um, and, but this, you know, a, a month from now, the, the, the outrage flavor of the month will be something else. But they jumped on this right off the bat and they've got themselves out there to be talked about. And it's, like I said, it's not corporate activism. It's just a commercial. It's an advertisement. It has nothing to do with the product, but it's going to sell razors because it's going to make people think of Gillette. So is that part of the offense that it has nothing to do with your product? You're kind of Gillette, you've stepped out of your bounds by, by having a position about men? I think so. I think a lot of people, um, it's the same people are offended at this that are offended at celebrities for speaking their minds when it comes to political issues. Um, they don't feel like the, you, they have any more of a valid point than I do. You know, why should they have it broadcast on TV? Now, Personally, I think the ad's great. I want to say that right off the bat. I, I love what it said. I loved what it promoted. I loved the changes that it's asking for us to do. Yeah, but I think the only change that Gillette wants is for me to make sure that I'm, you know, clean shaven with their razor, and that ain't going to happen anyway. But, um, <laughs> but I, you know, I, I do like what they did with this. I think it's it's very well done. Okay. I, I was going to say, Kenny, um, you have it exactly right. Um, I was talking with um, I, I have a lot of millennial friends and. The first thing that they pointed out is Nike started a trend with the with Colin the whole Kaepernick. Yeah, exactly. And what they did was what they're actually saying is that they they actually understand that a younger younger demographic is actually what they're targeting here. So all of the outrage are from older white males that are that are feeling attacked yet Gillette, Nike, both of them actually hired a, a um, actual ad agency and said, Great. hey, this is going to cause outrage, but you're going to hit a different target demographic. So the actual demographic that they're, that they're actually speaking to are not the ones that are actually getting outraged. It's actually the ones that are, that are going to actually um, – that are going to remember. Agreed. Brian? So I just wanted to point out that I think it's kind of crazy that there are eight men on this thing with all varied amounts of beards talking about razor blades. <laughs> um, I, have I was going to say. I have to shave right here. Your point is invalid. You have a beard. <laughs> what I wanted to say, and I think, uh, you know, yes, this is crass commercialism to kind of point in and, and take, uh, take something on a social media point. But as the guy... Well, okay, let me first you say introduce ourselves. So I'm Brian Cardoza. I'm a speaker, survivor, author, and artist. Um, I'm a survivor of uh, childhood sex trafficking, physical and severe mental abuse from six to now 15 years old. Um, and that's what I get out and talk about. And I talk about the subjects that people don't want to hear about. I talk about the subjects that people don't want to have conversations about. And what I loved about the Gillette commercial was it, it, it brought, even though it was crash commercialism, it did actually start a continuum of a conversation like the one we're having now. And that in itself means not only did the ad work, but it's actually continuing to work. And if we continue to have conversations that make us uncomfortable, then maybe not man can be the best we can get, maybe humanity can be. Mm, right on. Cool. Thank you, Wilson. Uh, Ami, wanna, you want to jump in? What, what was your reaction to the ad? Well, um, so I'm Ami. I have a podcast, One Broken Mom. And uh, 
honestly, as a woman watching it, my first reaction was, and I still tear up, like I've seen it like four times, I keep replaying it. And like, emotionally, I'm really uh, moved by it, because I have a son. And, you know, I remember after the Me Too movement was really kind of out there, and, and, and that's a little bit for the baseline for this, is that they're responding to the Me Too movement and this whole thing of, you know, we need to do better with our with our boys. And I remember there this being this pervasive conversation of we need to just teach boys how to respect women more. And I've always believed in myself that I don't think that's entirely the men's job to do that. And so while this ad gets there, the first thing that I came to is I like it. I love it. I love accountability. But I also think that um, that's not going to be enough and that there needs to be, you know, I don't want women walking away from this ad going, yep, there you go, guys, take care of it. This is all your problem. And, you know, be an example. We have an obligation in there, especially as mothers and as wives and partners to men that want to step into that role and feel like they, they're ready to do that, but yet may not have entirely all the tools available to them. And a lot of that comes from support from their partners. And so, you know, I, I didn't see the offense, but like you, I was just kind of like, why are people pissed off about this? You know, um, and the corporate piece of it, I totally get that. And, um, you know, I actually work in marketing as well. So I understand, you know, tugging at the, you know, the emotional elements of it for the sake of, you know, getting a brand out there. But I love public disruption. I love the fact that it got everybody like fired up. It's like why you hate protesters, you know, at uh, riots and stuff like that. Well, they get you talking because the other movement is happening off camera, you know, by other people. So this is one of those things that I think that's actually stirring it. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I watched it right before we did this just to refresh it and I couldn't help it just like, you know, kind of tear up a little bit still about it. Yeah, the big, when I first saw it, I, I jokingly thought to myself, well, who's gonna boycott Gillette because of this? And then I saw people <laughs> were, I was like, <laughs> but uh, again, I didn't, as Ken mentioned earlier, I didn't think of the demographics and is it the, are the, are the boycotters of Gillette razors the, the old white men that are dying anyway, so they don't care about them and, and they're going after the new? Go ahead, Ken. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think that the, the people that are actually upset about this are the same people that were bothered by the, the, the Me Too movement anyway. But I think when they take the phrase toxic masculinity, all mm. they're saying is masculinity and you've put an adjective in front of it that makes it poisonous. Now, now, masculinity is horrible for them. They don't understand there's a difference between just masculinity and toxic masculinity, that, that they're two separate things. They're intertwined, but they're not the same thing. Right. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just jumping in. Like, I was wanted to say, like, I love masculinity, you know, so and having to make that distinction. Yeah, I see a thumbs up out there. Um, you know, it isn't the same thing, you know, um, and just like when we talk about, uh, I'm not, not going to throw feminism into it, but you know, there are these polarizing terms that seem to have, you know, adjectives are not in front of them. They do, they definitely do kind of raise everybody's ire there. Feminism doesn't need a word in front of it to get everybody pissed off about it at times as well. So, um, but yeah, no, I, I don't think masculinity at all, at all was being challenged. I didn't view it that way. Um, but I know that other people may have, like you said, Kenny, you know, they can't see the difference between the two. So, so Boysen, I imagine, so Boysen is part of the, the Mankind Project. Um, I, I imagine you've heard a lot of talk about this. Can, can you share your reaction and what you're, you're hearing on the street? Holy fuck if I heard a lot of conversation about this. <laughs> I, as, soon as, the, as soon as it dropped, I started getting emails from across the country and then from around the world and then started getting mentions um, in these. I've had a couple of newspapers reach out to me for comment on, on what I'm seeing and our take on it. And a couple of things I wanted to say is like, I'm going to go back 
I had a conversation with Unilever's marketing division three or four years ago about their rebrand of Axe when they did the Be Your Unique kind of campaign that they did. So, and then Dove Men Plus Care jumped on board and they grabbed a hold of a whole new social movement. Harry's, the razor company, uh, did Justin Baldoni's whole show that he's got around the round table. So, you know, advertising firms are recognizing that there's a positive bottom line to being on the right side of social issues, of some of these social issues. If you say toxic masculinity in any of these forums, you are going to get piled on. That is just the way it is right now. I agree with a lot of like, it's not their demographic. It's not who they're marketing to. And I also want to say that you can't have the long, slow, painful conversation in a minute and a half segment. Right. Like this is a long, slow, painful conversation that we're going through as a culture. I'm really glad we're going through this conversation as a culture. Um, and I have compassion for I have compassion for the pissed off dudes out there. I know some of them in the Mankind Project who this this viscerally impacts them. It feels like this is an attack on them. Um, I don't feel that. And yeah, that's that's yeah. it for it, it, it was hard for me to to not see who's offended by this as being the pro bullying and harassment community. Like that's the first impression I had of it, but 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 Al, you wanted to speak and you haven't had a chance yet. Sure. Um, so I'm Al Fleming. I um, so MKP brother with uh, Poison and Andy, and um, I'm working on a few things on my own right now. But uh, I offer one perspective from a great kitty. And it's a it's a great piece of advertising. Um, that's coming from my background is um, with the BFA of visual communications. Um, it's 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 well done. Like it's super polished. It's great. That was my first take when I first saw it, and it also felt a little flat because I was like, well, okay, all right, whatever. So I watched it again. Then the next reaction that I had after that was your typical juvenile reaction of, who are you to tell me how to be? And then I watched it again. And my next reaction after that was, well, hmm, there's only at least one person that represents the one that looks like me in that ad. And it's nice that finally other people that don't look like me or being labeled what I've been labeled since pretty much I was born. Um, so that's why think about it at the same time. I'm like, get over yourselves, people. I mean, we, I, with, you know, growing up, my family always taught me that you have to have each other's backs. You have to look out for each other. You have to tell each other when you're not on point okay no matter what it is um i was always taught you don't do a lot of the things that are in a commercial and i firmly still believe that you know use your words you don't need to use weapons you don't need to use whatever it's not a pissing contest okay um but from my perspective being a black man this is a time when other men that don't look like me, meaning most of every other guy 
on this panel right now. They're finally having fingers pointed at them in their actions and their behaviors. And like juveniles, they don't like it. And they don't like being told what to do. I'm done for now. All right. Well, Thanks, so. Uh, Anthony? Hey, Anthony Simeone. Uh, Live the Hero is my website. Uh, definitely into talking to men about heroic masculinity versus toxic masculinity. I'm trying to change the conversation. I think toxic masculinity has been politicized and run away with, and it's become a catchphrase and a charged mm -hmm. word. So let's start. I like to focus on the positive. I really feel like we need to start focusing on some better version of masculinity. For me, I call it heroic masculinity and model it off of the hero's journey. But, you know, my reaction to the commercial was, yes, let's, we have the skepticism first. It's a company, they want to sell a product. But I'm kind of getting tired of this rhetoric where, oh, you're a celebrity, you don't know anything about this. Or you're a company, you don't really care about people. You're, listen, I've been getting treated by trolls as, oh, you have a BA in English, you don't have a psych degree, you don't have this degree, that degree, that degree. Who are you to start talking to people about how to be a better man, fatso Anthony, who's sitting behind your computer? That's what I've been attacked by trolls. And you know what? Hey, aren't these people who are mostly conservative Republicans, let's also put it there, they're usually the ones that get rhetoric, get up in arms about anything about telling you how to be. But aren't they the ones about who preach about personal responsibility, pulling yourself up by your bootstraps? So I'm getting the goodwill hunting version of education. I'm going back to school. I'm reading a lot of books, so you don't have to. I'm collating a lot of information from a lot of different philosophies and disciplines, from sociology to neuroscience to sociology to psychology to philosophy, and I'm collating it together because I care about other human beings. So this rhetoric that just because you're a company or a celebrity or whoever you are, you can't branch out and be cross-disciplined and start getting into something that makes you passionate, forget about it. Look at Terry Crews. I didn't think I could have a bigger man crush on Terry Crews than I do now, but I love the guy to death. Yeah. And it's like Terry Crews is, you know, he's a huge dude who could kick any of our asses right now in any of, you know, any of the guys here. And yet he's the center. Sensitive. He, he, he is a whole integrated human being, as far as I know. I don't know him personally, but he comes off as that. So let's all be more human. I think Brian mentioned that. Like, you know, maybe we all need to be more human and integrate emotions. Let's, let's, and I just published an article today on Good Men Project, by the way, about beyond masculine and feminine. You know, there has to be some subtlety in this conversation between men and women. You know, men and women are human. We can both have masculine and feminine aspects. Nobody wants to really eliminate what it means to be a man or a woman biologically. There's no kind of weird Orwellian thing happening, but it's, I feel like there's a lot of this conspiracy theory about how men are trying to be eliminated and there's a war on men. And it's, so I think we just even need to stop using toxic, toxic masculinity in general and just move on to something positive. Right. But the ad, I think it was great. Beyond, you know, yes, the skepticism of it could be crass consumerism, I think the ad is a step, a step in the right direction, and let's stop saying that companies can't have a can't take a stand on a moral or a social issue because they can. Cool. Great. I see a lot of people want want to talk, but I want to give Tony a chance. He hasn't he hasn't spoken yet. Tony, do you want to add anything? Sure. Yeah, Tony Chrysostomo. Um, I thought the ad was fantastic. <clears throat> uh, the what I take a little bit of the issue with is boys will be boys. Well, it's like men and gentlemen. Okay, um, you can be a jerk or you can be a gentleman. 
same thing, just because you're a boy, if you're doing something wrong, it's not boys will be boys. It's you have to be disciplined to do the right thing and learn what the correct way of doing things. So that whole boys will be, boys will be boys. You could be playing out in the mud, wrestling with your friends. That's, that's boys will be boys. But to give it basically a bad, it's almost like being a boy is a bad thing. And, and that's kind of where I, right. So, so bef bef before the ad, boys will be boys. You saw that as a positive statement and now it feels like a negative. Correct. Yeah, okay. because they're, they're they're attributing boys will be boys to every bad thing that a man has ever done. Gotcha. And it, that's not necessarily that's not necessarily the way it is. So it's kind of one sided. You okay. know what I'm saying? Because that's one thing I wanted to ask. What what does boys will be boys mean to some of you? Right. Well, I, I me sorry. Um, to me, boys will be boys is that dismissive term of where you're basically being able to excuse anything, and I think that. You know, the perspective that I bring in here, though, as woman and mom is I don't need to pay attention to whatever this behavior is, whether it's he needs, you know, attention, he's doing something wrong, he's doing whatever, boys will be boys. And it's just the, I'm giving you the hand, go do it, take care of it on your own. And I think that's the wall that was being built that some of us are, you know, beating our heads up against right now. So I, I don't think that it's, I think today challenging it has merit only because we've used it as the excuse of not taking enough responsibility through the nurturing of our boys because we've just said, listen, no, boys don't deserve anything extra. They don't deserve any more attention because they're just going to be crazy little hellions out in the dirt anyway. So boys will be boys. Let them go. Yep. Nope. Brian? I, I actually agree with that. Great. Um, okay. Two things real quick. So the, in the, in the, in the world of advocacy for sex assault, one of the number one things here in in those in legal areas and in and in um, in rhetoric from people is boys will be boys. Um, the the reality is that boys will should be held responsible for their actions, um, and that's and that's just the the end all be all of it. Um, I've never thought of boys will be boys as a as a positive thing. Um, I always thought it was just a way to uh, regulate um, ownership of a fault to somebody else. Like, oh, mm -hmm. that's just, they're just, you know, well, how about you? To excuse, excusing bad behavior. Basically. Yeah. Um, the other thing I wanted to bring up real quick masculinity is, all right, masculinity served its purpose in the 1800s and in the early 1900s, um, but then masculinity failed. And it failed because it was supposed to bring forth equality. It was supposed to bring forth equal rights. It was supposed to bring forth justice. It was supposed to bring forth all these different things, and it failed. So personally, I feel masculinity, the entire term, and the fact that Gillette kind of did attack masculinity, I'm happy because I, as a person who grew up in the 80s thinking they had suffered a woman's crime, um, I've always questioned masculinity to the point where I paint flowers and stuff like that, but I'll go to the I'll go to the gym and bench six oh five tomorrow. So there's no such thing as masculinity. There's just humanity, and we need to look at these people and say like, okay, you know what? You're right. You attack masculinity for all of its faults, and we need to own that and then take responsibility. All right. Great. Thanks, Brandon. Uh, Brandon here. Uh, I um. I was having a really interesting conversation on Facebook with friends of mine um, about this very term and how the labels um, 
um, masculine and feminine seem to be societal or cultural labels. Whereas um, people are now starting to to actually break them down, defining toxic masculinity, um, 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 masculinity, all of this. And what the conversation actually boiled down to was to be a decent human being. Mm-hmm. And, and, and why, why do we have uh, this? Fixing a car, changing a tire is a masculine trait, whereas cooking is a, is a, is a feminine trait. Why can't those just be things that people learn how to actually do as kind of survival skills, as things that you need to do to um, be a well-rounded human being? My mom actually um, raised me. Um, she said, any woman that actually marries you is going to be lucky because you're going to know how to sew. You're going to know how to, how to actually do your own laundry. Um, I love to cook. Um, I'm sure that there's a bunch of other things too, but, but she taught me what I consider to be self-reliant skills. And, and I never saw them as masculine or feminine. I mean, I can change a tire. I can do my breaks. I can also cook a Thanksgiving dinner. It's, um, to me, those, those labels are just, are just, um, limitations put on to us by the culture and the society that we're actually in. Ooh, we all love that. Yeah, they're, kind of hand up. they're social constructs. They are. And listen, you know, and I even agree with some of the, and I deal a lot with the MRAs and MGTOW guys. I throw myself out there to the wolves because I want to know how they tick. And so there's these false dichotomies that they create that, oh, well, you know, men aren't allowed to be tough or strong or independent. They can't have competition because competition's bad. You're going to hurt someone's feelings. That is such utter bullshit. No one said there's anything wrong with competition. It's the level of narcissistic competition where you seek to destroy everyone who dares oppose you. That's not healthy competition. Healthy competition is let's go at it, me and you, on the sports field, in the business, in the business room, in the boardroom. That's healthy competition. Win or lose, we walk away. I learned a lesson. If I lose, you are you win, etc. Next time, I'm going to try harder. I'm going to be better. Instead of you, you defeated me, I'm going to destroy you. That's <laughs> like that's toxic. That's that's toxic competition. That's toxic competition. And if you don't know that, you're willfully blinding your brain. Woo! Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I agree. I agree. And I wanted to throw something else in here that I just picked up today that I didn't know about. But the American Psychological Association is actually under fire this week because just yeah. last week, just last week. They released new clinical guidance for treating boys and men, and it deals with just this kind of thing with the the, the toxic masculinity. I'll I'll read just a little bit of what I picked up here. Uh, It links traditional masculinity ideology to a range of harms, including sexism, violence, mental health issues, suicide, and homophobia. And critics contain that the guidelines attack traditional values and innate characteristics of males. But they've actually pulled this data for more than four decades of research and it says that some masculine social norms can have negative consequences for the health of boys and men. Key among these harmful norms is pressure for the boys to suppress their emotions. The common refrain, boys don't cry. This has been documented to lead to increased negative risk-taking and inappropriate aggression among men and boys, factors that you can, uh, that can put some males at greater risk for psychological and physical health problems. It can also make males less willing to seek help for physical or psychological distress. Yeah, I so read that too. Just, 
and yeah. you know what's me and that can i can see how that can feel like an attack too N nobody yeah. wants to think that their parents taught them things that made them be you know less happy or successful in life and nobody wants to think that they've taught that to their kids unknowingly un unconsciously but you know that that's what the research is showing yeah well and so maybe it's the word i'm going to throw this out there maybe just the term masculinity just is like inappropriate in that discussion but you know the biases and the myths out there in terms of how we've been parenting and child rearing kids for you know for a few generations now there, there's there's validity in there you know, it's the idea that um, boys and men don't comprehend, don't have the brain for emotions. Therefore, I don't know that they're told as much as that they repress it. But I do know, like, this is why, you know, from mom's perspective here, you know, moms need to realize that, you know, your son and your daughter have the exact same brain. They require the exact same emotional nurturing and development. And the experiences that we deliver to them as their parent is what actually will guide them all the way through into an adulthood. And, you know, for them to be able to step into that, I mean, that's based on the fact that we're seeing, and I know many of you probably have experience with childhood trauma. You know, the research right now in the neurobiology is showing how brain development happens. And this is recent. And the people that are pissed off about this ad right now, you know, I'm sorry, but they were child reared without knowledge or information that could have spared them um, a whole lot of you know, struggle. Like I sympathize definitely with anybody that's feeling really attacked right now, because I just sit there and think, man, I'm, you know, I'm sorry for whatever your experience was as you were growing up as a kid, because that's why today you have this frail uncertain viewpoint of yourself. And so, you know, like I said, maybe the word masculinity is the wrong word, but I think sitting there and reexamining how we're parenting boys today absolutely deserves all of us to be paying attention on it. And it's not the guy's job. I mean, that's why I, you know, reached out to Andy. I was like, I, I watched this ad and I sit there and think, great, we're putting a lot of responsibility on men, but where the fuck is mom? Because mom has a role in here and that's why I'm here. It's like, we have to take responsibility. We can't just keep saying it's the guy's job to be better dads to, in order to have better sons. Beautiful. Thanks. And just to well, throw man. in that you're pointing at that systemic issue, right? So it's not just men who reinforce toxic stuff about boys and men. It's moms reinforcing toxic stuff about boys and men also. Absolutely. I see that in the grocery store every day. Um, I want to talk about the traditional word though, too, because, you know, toxic masculinity and traditional masculinity that the APA thing threw out and got attacked. Those APA guidelines actually got published like two years ago, but they just wrote the one page. So they the finally e wrote the something. easy to read memo is the what's easy upsetting to people. Read yeah. memo is what's upsetting people. So they threw that out. And I also want to say that some of those characteristics associated with quote traditional masculinity are beautiful things that we need lots of in this world from men and women. <clears throat> you know, such, such as right. give me an example. Such oh. as clear boundary setting, such as honesty, such as going after what we want, such as, you know, all of the things that have gotten labeled as like men are this way, men are this way, men are this way, women are this way, women are this way, like bullshit. Men and women are this way. We need all the best of all that stuff together um, so that we can, you know, not commit suicide as a species on the planet. You know, I think I think part of that too is a, is a, is an up is definitely an upbringing issue. I I grew up in a small coal mining community in Southern Illinois, about ten thousand people, and there there are just these two boxes that people have to fit into in small communities. You it's it's a masculine and a feminine box, and I think I, I've seen the negative 
uh, comments from the women on this ad too, which, which surprises a lot of people, but it doesn't surprise me knowing where I came from. There's, I want to call it an internalized misogyny that these women have in small communities because they don't understand that if they're not pretty feminine, um, dainty, look pretty, fall down, twist their ankle and let the guy help them up and let the man make the decision in a very biblical sense, you know, um, they, they submit to everything the husband wants because if they don't, they don't know how they have value. They don't know how to get out of that box that's outside their comfort zone. It's all they've ever seen. It's all they've ever known. They've watched the women in their families be these people and they've learned how to be that way and they don't know how to be something else. And it's very uncomfortable to try to get themselves outside of that box. Yeah, no, I, I see that and agree that. And, and Al, I know you're trying to get in here. Yes. Um, oh, where am I at? Oh, I so much, such a wealth of information. So here's my take on some of this. Um, thank you, Brandon, for bringing up that we're just human beings and then all of us who have back with those sentiments. This issue of toxic masculinity um, and this is just my opinion, just for me and based on my background and growing up. Um, both men and women have created this. Uh, I grew up listening to, I'm a woman, so I can't pump gas. I'm a woman, so I don't know how to change oil on the car. I'm a woman, so I can't go and visit my friend that lives three states away by myself. I could never do anything like that because I'm a woman. These are things that came out of my own mother's mouth, okay, on a regular basis. And then it was on the opposite of, well, you're a guy, so whatever. All the typical things. You don't show emotion. Stop crying. There's nothing to cry for. Uh, well, I will give you something to cry for. You know, all those different things. Um, it was such a ball of just chaotic messages coming at me constantly that I know that I'm not the only child in America or the world that's grown up with these mixed messages coming from both parents. And then my father was silent. He said nothing because he wasn't there. Okay. I echo that song from Austin Powers. Um, so this stuff is on all sides it's a us versus them mentality in every single thing and this is the backlash that we're seeing you know don't tell me what to do you know and all the you know well the women i'm not surprised that there are women who have reacted negatively to the commercial again it goes back to things of puritanism and purity and I'm a woman and the man validates me and blah 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 this is what's happening and that's why that's there yeah it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman you can be a narcissist you can have a fragile ego you can be so inert in these traditional roles that you know human beings are paradoxical animals we want novelty 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 but we also want no change and utter comfort and stasis as well so it's that animal, the paleo mammalian brain, the old brain that wants this stability and safety and no change. But then there's the part of us that's restless and wants to move because we had to move. Our ancestors had to move to survive. So we're paradoxical creatures. But, you know, so we want these traditional roles, but they grew out of 
you know, there are biological differences between men and women, you know, and it's okay for a man to have a need for competition and to kind of, you know, strive and to struggle, but it's okay for women to do it as well. So that's not masculine or feminine, you know, the, the one, the, that hero's journey, like I keep going back to, it's to strive and to overcome and to grow and to evolve is a, is a human thing. So returning the whole story back to humanity because there are biological differences. I even think that, yes, men can have a predilection towards those behaviors that our ancestors for men made them more successful with mates of being bigger, stronger. But our societies took that and ran with it and yeah. mutated it into these societal roles for men. And then the same thing, yes, women bear the children biologically. They're supposed to be nurturing to a point. And, but again, societies took it and ran with it and mutated it and bloated it into these roles just through our, the dark side of our human rationality. So if we don't remember that we created these things and we, we deified masculinity and femininity into our gods that we created over the millennia. So, and we have forgotten that. So we have this amnesia that we created these roles. And yes, there are biological differences between us, but the humanity is what we share between men and women. And we can strive and do the same things positively. And we can also suffer the same negative things like fragile ego and fear and narcissism. So it goes back to humanity and coming back to our shared humanity. Cool. There's one thing I saw. Uh, I saw a woman post this. And I want to get everyone's reaction to this, but I saw a woman com post that complaining that this Gillette ad was adding to the pussification of men. And <laughs> Haven't we had this conversation already? <laughs> what? What is, is that is the new? What is the reaction to that? Is that is that a surprise? I, I was surprised to hear that from a woman, but then you know, based on what Kenny was saying, no, if they, someone yeah, said, it's the woman boss. It's not shocking, but when I hear something like that, my first response is what? And I can't I can't stress this enough. The fuck? Why would you want to? Why would you feel that way? I mean, it's it's not it's not taking the man out of the man it's take, it's putting the recognition of the woman into our psyche and the recognition that we have kids that we're making an impression on and we have to make a good impression we can't all just just treat everybody else like crap because we're the man you know and that's the way it's always been but it's time for that to change yeah that false narrative of you either are a man that cries or a man that beats other men up like that that the the that false narrative that they can't coexist, that you can't be a sensitive, empathetic person, but also be ready to defend yourself and your family and your wife from someone who's going to hurt them or whatever. The fact, if you think those two things can't coexist in one being, you have problems. I'm sorry. Like, it, they're uh, they're not mutually exclusive. Let's hit Brian first. Yeah, so I just, so I wanted, Anthony, you said something that I thought was humorous because you were like, you know, back in the day when old men, when being bigger and stronger got you your mate, I can tell you honestly, I'm bigger and stronger than most people, and I'm not getting mates. So I mean, like, we have. <laughs> I've been there, man. I, I was there for a long time. I was in the drought too, brother. So you know. So we have to realize that as a species, you have to evolve to grow. Yeah. You don't evolve by looking back and being like, God, I wish those days were still here. Oh yeah. You move forward through your evolutionary process, and. You know, it would be really helpful if we had like a troglodyte here on the panel, but everybody agrees. You know, what I, mean? <laughs> I did my best. I was sure I would have had one, but. <laughs> and when people talk about the pacification of, of man, um, honestly, I, I don't, I don't, I don't see where that would be an issue. 
yeah. because I honestly believe that um, real men need to take a look at what our feminine counterparts are doing and realize we could really take some cues from them and actually propel the species forward. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, if we learned how to actually feel our feelings and were adjusted to our feelings and actually learned compassion and learned negotiation skills and mediation, man, how much better of a planet would this be? Mm-hmm. So if you want to call understanding that I shouldn't beat other people up just because I'm bigger and stronger or because I have a higher IQ or whatever would make humanity a better place than pussifying. I'm good. Uh, Brandon, you <laughs> want to get my wand? Hold on. Wow. I have so much to actually say about, I don't know, the last 10 minutes. Um, I'm not even sure where to start. The, um, so, so actually my wife once brought up, um, how everybody's derogatory. Uh, if you are a, a sensitive man, you're called a pussy. Yet, if a man gets kicked, gets kicked in the nuts, he will drop faster than a sack of 50 pounds of rocks. Yet, you, you know, this came from my wife, so the fact that I'm going to say this, a pussy can take a pounding. <laughs> That came from Betty White. Today's Betty White's birthday. Yeah, so... 97 today, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that to me is completely mind-boggling. And um, I'm a combat veteran. I come from the military side of things. I've seen what is considered to be the prime alpha male mentality. uh, Mm -hmm. And I have seen that person break down and cry in tears, holding, holding their best friend in their arms, watching them die. It's uh, to say that you can't have one, one without the other is completely false. In fact, to cope, you need both. Uh-huh. You need to be able to, um, I don't want to say the word compart- uh, compartmentalize, but you need to be able to differentiate between the warrior spirit and the compassionate warrior. You need to be able to have that mentality of protecting what you have to protect, but at the same time, being being vulnerable in order to um, understand and have and have empathy for human beings that you are in contact with every single day. Bravo. Exactly. Yeah. At the same time, though, for me, the whole. The fact that a woman said, you know, it's the pussification or whatever of men, right? To me, so many women say that they want men to be more sensitive. They want men to be more attentive, more caring, you know, be in your feminine side a little bit more often, this and that and the other, right? But then at the same time, they still perpetuate, you know, all the other aspects that, is what supposedly make up a man. Yeah. You know, none of them make sense. This is what I'm talking about. These chaotic messages that come out. Well, we were talking about we've all men have been raised with mixed messages and women too. So, you know, we we can if we can recognize we got mixed messages of what it means to be a man, but then go, but but woman, why haven't you made up your mind? And you know, we're again we're all human. We've been raised in the same society with mixed messages around freaking everything we're expected to do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
I think I, I you know, when you talk about, I, I thought it was interesting that um, my first impression when I saw stuff, stuff like that, where you know, start saying you're a pussy, um, is that we're taking part of a woman's anatomy, and now that's a derogatory slang for a man. But then again, um, I realized quickly afterwards that if you call me a dick, it's still another derogatory slang. So I guess we're even on that one. Well, you are though, aren't you? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Amy. Me. I mean, close. Uh, I mean, sorry. When I became a dad, it was when I realized that I needed to have a healthy balance of both. Especially, I have two sons, and they are—they could not be more diametrically opposed personality-wise than I could ever. I mean, I watch these boys, and I love them both, and I'm just like, you're just so different, like so different. It's weird how different you are, but you got you so much alike. But I have to, so, and now I have to approach them in different ways. I once said that I had to approach it in a way where it was a little softer, so to speak, you know, a little bit more calm, civility in my tone, and things like that, so that I could get through to him. The other one, I could say, you know, just fuck it up, bucko, you know, petty room or whatever, and he was good with that, you know. Learning how to show my love or my discipline or whatever to my boys in the ways in which spoke to them is where I figured out, oh, wait, this is what I have to do in general in life just to be a decent human being. Yeah. And I think that's what this ad could really go towards. You know, let's just be just decent human beings, okay? But first and foremost, Gillette is a company. They sell razors. They've been doing it for years, um, longer before most of us were sparkles and people buys, right? So they're just trying to make money off of this. They're probably not going to ever drag this as far as it can go. But these conversations, and maybe we could have another one where there's people that are upset and offended by it, you know, and maybe have at least, you know, a couple more female voices as well, you know, in regards to this, because it's it's vitally important. It's what I struggle, not struggle with this, but it's what I'm working on in myself and my life, coming from a different perspective of myself and how I was raised and where I grew up and just how I communicate and speak on things, you know, and talking about them using my authentic voice, speaking my truth. And so... Going also back to the beginning, I know it sounds like I'm rambling, I do have a point. Um, I just like that, again, just the whole human factor. We can transcend what our skin tones look like, you know, what we have in regards to genitalia and all those things, and just be human and just be better, the best that we can be, period. Great. Thanks, Al. Ami, you wanted to get in there with that, that female voice? <laughs> well, I think what were we talking about back, it was the pussification or whatever. And I think I, what I wanted to chime in on was actually on the mixed messaging. Um, because, you know, I, again, we talk rationally as adults because we have the benefit of using a piece of our brain that's developed. And we're, you know, I, I'm just looking at the panelists here. I'm going to guess, like, I'm going to out myself. I'm 47. So I've had the benefit of it being online for about, you know, 20 some, 30 years here, 20 some years. Um, but we forget that, or not all of us know, and we're learning about this, is that, but we're also being 
in response to what we, how we felt and learned when we were kids. And, you know, a, a baseline for us, you know, this whole mixed message is because we're going back and forth between what I think I want rationally as an adult is I want these things out of my, my husband or my boyfriend or my partner or whatever. But then the conflict is coming back to, but yet what was I modeled and shown as I was growing up? What kind of relationships did I have with either my dad or no dad or my mom, you know, or brothers and sisters? And what were the dynamics that constantly reinforced the neural pathways as they were being built as a child? And so it's, I think sometimes it's troubling as adults to sit here and only talk about this from a very extremely rational go, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. It's like, yeah, because there's so many primitive, you know, deeper pieces that are going on here that you kind of have to really be willing to go dig in. You know, why do we have the thought to begin with? You know, you know, it's not the, well, I just need to be coached how to be less toxic or, you know, you know, more masculine, more feminine, whatever the bullshit word is that you want to use there and go, why do I, why do I struggle to begin with? Where's the root of that? What is the message I was taught when I was little and have a brave conversation with yourself and an analysis of what's going on in your life first and kind of come to a center there before moving forward. And I think some of the people that are just up in arms about this ad, you know, we got to believe, and I think you guys all know this as well. Some people will just never have the mindfulness and the self-awareness to kind of come out of the fog that they're living in. And it's those of us that are in the, you know, kind of in between both worlds going, yeah, I'm, I'm really confused right now. I don't really know what to do. Um, and I'm, I'm trying my best, you know? Um, and I think that that's the, you know, the most that we can go for here. But once you recognize that, I think then it's going to change your conversation with your own kids. It's going to change your conversation with the people that you have around you and stuff. Um, but I, you know, I, I have a hard time getting pissed off at people when they don't know what it is that they really want. I just feel great sympathy for the fact that they just haven't been able to find themselves and go back in time a little bit to discover where the source of that is. Because once you do and the clarity kind of comes in, there are no more mixed messages. You know, there is one message. It is about humanity. It is about everything. You know, it's not them and us and you and me and all that. It's, it's all of us together. Yeah. And it's easier to go on the attack than it is to go inside. Oh, and, absolutely. Yeah. So I just like, that's why I can, you know, I don't get really upset or bothered. I just remember, oh yeah. I mean, I, not long ago I would have been, oh, don't tell me what to do. You freaking raise a company. Uh. And so, you know, I, I can, uh, I can, I have the empathy and compassion for that, for that viewpoint. But, uh, uh, Brian, you wanted to jump in? Yeah, just real quick. So, um, pretty soon I have an article coming out in the Good Men Project about masculinity and about how, um, how we, let me retract real quick. I'm super happy that Gillette did this because I really mm -hmm. wish more would, even if it's just a targeted, you know, uh, social media stance. Because what I wrote in that article was talking about how a movie that probably every single one of us watched 13,000 times, um, you know, and we thought was really badass when we watched it. But if you really think back on it now in a social, in a social construct, it was a terrible movie. And that movie was Rambo. You know, we, we learned in that movie that if you are a Vietnam vet with mental health issues and homeless, that the solution is to go get guns and start killing everybody in the town. Instead of actually talking about what what happened um, to how we as society failed that vet. So if maybe Paramount and MGM and all these other places had actually started making social stands then, some of this wouldn't be as integrated as it is now. So I personally am glad that Nike and this, I just think they're 20 and 30 years too late. Um, so maybe if we can get more companies to start doing this, we can be empowered versus disintegrated. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I don't think we can expect corporations to lead the way to change. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, it's, it's up to us. It's up to the individual, right? But be the change you want to see in the world. Someone yeah. But they will jump on the bandwagon once they find that, find out they can make money on it. Yeah, no, yeah. I, and I agree. And uh, it'll be interesting to see because uh, uh, Nike did end up being profitable even after seeing, you know, old white guys burn their Nikes. Mm -hmm. they, they, their stock rose. They, they had better sales. So it'll be somewhat <laughs> – it's less interesting to me what happens to Gillette, more interesting what happens to this conversation. Um, but <laughs> Well, it cracks me up watching the old white guys burn the Nikes. They're, they're burning the product that they already spent the money on, first of all. That's yep. Um, what? Well, yeah. it's it's better than planned obsolescence. <laughs> yeah, let's upset our customers. They destroy it, then they have to buy more. But yeah, I mean, yeah. If Trump, if Trump and his administration can use his the platform of the president to to put forth their rhetoric and their beliefs and their societal mores that they want to espouse, a company can do the same thing. Again, I think it's BS. Everybody does it. Everybody uses if they have a position of power. Whether it's corporate, political, I don't care what it is. They're going to use it to espouse and push for some sort of rhetoric. So this bullshit, oh, a celebrity, what do they know? Or a celebrity. Anyway, if you have power, people have always used their power to, to espouse a rhetoric. It's, it's crap. And just because you don't like it, then you get to say, oh, well, you're just the ex. You, can't, you don't know anything about that, so shut up. I, I wanted to say something. I don't know if any of you guys have read the book, but I've read this many years ago. It's called Doing Democracy by Bill Moyer. So if any of you are, it's a non-psychology book. So all of you guys out there, if you're not into non-psychology books, but um, one of the things that's really important about the discussion is, is that, you know, social change takes time and it takes five players in order for it to happen. But when you actually turn the corner is when the public discussion starts to happen, when the every man and woman is sitting around and the topic has become a part of our daily conversation. And the way it becomes a daily conversation is when somebody does something to inflame and you've got politicians doing their part and educators doing their part with policy development, but you never really turn the corner until all of those pieces come together, whether you like them or not, they all have a powerful piece of actually uh, creating movement. And I think, you know, these ads, they're great when they piss everybody off because they do get discussion. And then you start to sit there and go, well, we can have a civil conversation like we are right now, which is fantastic. And more and more people have the civil conversation, then mental health awareness becomes like a really big deal instead of the stigma that we're all been fighting against. Right. I mean, we're all on the same mission here. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, bring it all in, piss people off, get us talking about it. But, you know, Facebook right now is lit up on a conversation about what does it mean? And, you know, the viewpoints all vary, but we're all talking about it. And I think that that's actually the wonderful part of it. I'm dying to hear what Tony has to say. He hasn't spoken the entire time. I'm thinking he's taking notes and he's going to blow us up at the end of the If you listen to, if you watch the commercial and you listen, really listen to it, Basically, it's saying raise your boys to be men and don't raise them to be dicks because you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, it's not it, – there's nothing to even be pissed off about that commercial. It's just saying raise your boys to be men. Don't – you know, don't – if your kid is bullying somebody or if your older son is grabbing a girl's ass, then he's not a man. He's an ass. So, so you did a bad job. And again, no one wants to hear they've done a bad job, but but it was also a call to men to police ourselves. Like, let your buddies know, hey, that's going too far. Because I'm sure we've yeah. all thought that, but we haven't expressed it. Because it does. It takes you know, a brave step to go, 
to, to speak your truth when you're confronted with someone doing the opposite. Yeah. And that's what we're being asked to do. And we're being asked to shave more, I guess, too. Yeah. <laughs> Not going to happen. No. I mean, I mean, the top, yeah. Yeah, I, I went electric a decade ago, so I don't know. I can't help. Oh, I can't electric. You know, within two hours, it's all like, you know. Yeah, bring but, uh, up the electric again, Andy. Bring up the electric cars. My car shakes me. Hey, what's wrong with electric cars? Yeah. He's, uh, yes, you got two Tesla owners on this call, Brian, so be careful. Yeah. Oh, I can't tell you the last time I looked at a razor at all. I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, I looked at one this morning. So, um, Governor Mike Huckabee actually tweeted, get woke, go broke. Um, and then you see that Gillette might be next to suffer that fate after video by female director Kim Gregg uh, depicting oafish male behavior and lecturing men on toxic masculinity. Time to sell my Procter Gamble stock. Why um, don't they sell soap, not their soap box? Yeah. I, I still like how, Not the it's, it's people it's people that want to be offended like this this commercial is asking questions can we do better how is that a lecture it's it's yeah. asking questions that's all it's doing they're going to be okay gillette and nike are going to be all right gillette, we're going to win the super bowl this year and we're still going to do all this stuff so i mean we're going to be good I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> So, okay. so you don't think that the backlash is the decline of Western civilization? It's not the end of mankind? Or I don't even understand where there's a backlash. You know, they're yeah. saying raise your child right. What is there to have a backlash about? Don't tell me how to raise my child, you I was going to say, the yeah, man that's exactly what it is. It's, it's people, what is right. And yeah, they're, they're not even telling you what's They're not even telling you how to raise your child. They're just, you know, pointing out the obvious. It's so obvious. It's ridiculous. So you know, you know, they're not telling you how to raise your child. Just do the right thing. Yeah, it's almost at this sense. point. It's the, the politicians that now jump on this and talk boycott. It's like, oh boy, they yeah. they are the total bandwagon yeah. jumpers of the last to be on well, some yeah. cause too late. I think. Well, the message is not coming from. Uh, I don't. You know, I won't offend you guys. It's, it's the message is not coming from the white men that are in charge. That's what one of the main yes. issues is. Yes. Okay. It's coming from a woman or a minority or someone who is less than. How dare you speak up and say such things? So do you really think because this was directed by a female that the, the, the male viewer knows that and takes offense? No. no. But what I'm saying is and in my experience and just things that I've seen in life, whether it's anything from Black Lives Matter or uh, Colin Kaepernick or Martin Luther King Jr., Rosa Parks, whomever, um, even Harvey Milk or, you know, just to mention other people that just aren't black. Um, if it's not a message from those who, quote, hold the status quo and keep right. things intact, Right. There's a problem with it. Right. All right. Who wants to wrap it up? Take it home. <laughs> my friend, my my buddy Michael Russer, I'm just gonna throw this out there because it keeps coming up for me. People would rather stick to the certainty of their misery rather than the misery of uncertainty. 
And I think we're throwing a lot of people out of their comfort zones into that uncertainty of what's coming next. What's the vector of evolution that's going to bring us to the next part of our development as a species? And, and here, here, I'm in for it. Yeah, and, and it, again, feel- that raises fear for a lot of people. And we've got a lot of guys and women here that, that – there's there's an element of liking that fear like we we've we've gone through enough that oh i, I know what scares me is somehow good for me but there's a lot of people that don't don't get that yet yeah and yeah, the funny thing is the good. ones that don't get it are supposed to be the alpha male tough guys yeah exactly Irony. so i think um, the last go ahead go ahead brandon so um uh i do a lot of work with the with the uh with the indigenous peoples on uh um specifically with the um Cheyenne, with the Cheyenne river sioux tribe and one of the things that I that I have learned as a Native American proverb is that um, they don't it, basically they are here for so all right let me think of this a better way the um, the purpose for us being here is not to um, own own the planet but to take stewardship of it for the next generation. And I think that that proverb actually fits with the entire societal view of the youngest generation is really the generation that's going to make the change. And that's really what we see now is that we see these millennials and Gen Z that are that are um, really coming up that are that that feel like their voice isn't being heard and they're tired of waiting for one of the other generations to make that change. So they're starting to actually do it now. This ad proves that people are seeing that shift, and that um, this is this is something to actually look at, because because there is a wave of change coming, and it's starting with our younger generations, and yeah. that's what we really need to understand is that they 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 have watched and they have seen what doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And they're and they're willing to try things, even though they may fail. They want to try them because they're new, and and the same old same old isn't working. So I think it's 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 really great that we need to actually look to these younger generations and listen to them as to what they actually want. Do they want this toxic masculinity that they've been raised with? Do they want all of these other feminine or masculine traits traits and labels? They want to be decent human beings, and that's what they see, and that's what they're going to push for. So it's coming. Whether we want it to or not, these are the most empowered generation yet, mm-hmm. and um, I think we need to really support them and listen to what they're saying. Right. Yeah, I agree. And I think what you said in the beginning there, I've heard something similar to it. It's, it's that we, we don't own anything. We just borrow it all from our grandchildren. Um, and I think the last thing I want to leave here is for whoever's listening to this podcast, I want to make them Google something. If you actually think that a razor corporation is trying to take away your masculinity and take away your power, rather than just saying, hey, don't be a dick, look up Occam's razor. <laughs> good, good one. Brian? So I just want, I, so I'll just end it with this, is that, you know, the, the other thing that's going to be very important, and this is very important for Generation X, millennials, so on and so forth down the line, is that what has to happen is, is that we as men in today's society, us in our 40s, so on and so forth, have to be brave enough to admit what failed us and what didn't work and what did work. Mm-hmm. That's the only way we're going to actually hit, habitually move our species forward. 
And if we're not brave enough to say, like, no, I failed here, this is how you can do it better, then our, then what we're doing is we're just going to perpetuate this entire system. And so mm-hmm. I think we need to have more panels like this where people are admitting their faults and they're in there and what we see. And that way we can actually teach and help actually move forward. And we also be brave enough to realize that, like, my field for advocacy for sex abuse, I'll be long dead before anything I have said today will affect anybody tomorrow. So we have to be willing to sacrifice to that level. And that's just the way that is. If we're going to make our species better, we have to sacrifice. And um, if anybody would like to have a panel or have me on their podcast, just look me up on Facebook. uh, Andy knows I'm more than willing to do just about anything. So, Uh, But pleasure meeting everybody for my first time besides Andy. And uh, for the for the sake of time, for the sake of time, I'm going to reel this in. I'm, I'm, I want to thank you all for being here, but I'm going to I'm going to mute all of my guests right now. So it's your last chance to say thanks, goodbye, how are you? Bye. Nice meeting you. And thank you for listening. And you know, I I wanted to have this conversation to to help people better understand the different reactions, their own reaction. And I know this conversation helped me. I hope it helped people that joined in on it, help it helped people that listened uh, later whenever you're finding this. Because it's important to have a better understanding with people that don't agree with us. That helps all of us grow, expand. It helps us be civil. It helps this, this society, uh, our community work. So, you know, let us know what you think of the ad. Let us know what you think of the show. Whether you're listening, wherever you're listening to us, post a rating, give a comment, a review, give us a share. You know, send an email to realmenfeel at gmail.com. Give me some feedback. Call me a pussy. I don't really care. If you want to be on the show, if you don't agree with anything that was said and you want to be a guest, I will have you on. So once again, thanks for them that joined me tonight. Thanks for them that's listening and be good to yourself. Thank you for listening to Real Men Feel. Reach out to us at realmenfeel at gmail.com. Learn more about Andy Grant at theandygrant.com. Until next time, visit realmenfeel.org or the Real Men Feel Facebook group and share what you thought of this episode. Please give this podcast a review on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you are discovering Real Men Feel.